Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Hey yo, what's going on Packer fans? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. The pod- the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with Tyler, a.k.a. T Plush. You can find him on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. And Scott is extremely busy. He told us that he could record at like 9.30 tonight, and I have to be to work at 5.30, so I said, you're just not going to record with us. So you have to deal with Tyler and I yet again. All right, Tyler, how are you doing this evening? Fantastic. Um, For those of you who are football fans, which hopefully you are listening to this damn podcast, so that doesn't make any sense, but... You should have at least watched Monday night football games. Uh, the Saints game was crazy. Uh, the Raiders eking out a win. Um, it's an exciting time. Um, I love watching football as much as I can, and that's why we're here talking to you with, about it. So I'm ready to do this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that that Saints game was nuts. <laughs> um, I definitely did not think that they were going to be capable of coming back from there, but that fucking kick was nuts it was 58 yards and i swear to god he probably had that from 68 crazy will lutz is crazy drew Brees is crazy that's gonna be a good football team this year um but let's talk about the team that you guys were here to listen to and that is the green bay packers um so now that we've had some time to digest that game a little bit more, I know we did an instant reaction podcast um, right after the game last Thursday. But, Tyler, do you have anything that you kind of thought about more or that has come that you've noticed more since you're thinking about what happened in week one or anything like that? Yeah, I really only have two things. Um, There's been a lot of talk about how the Packers didn't utilize play action enough against the Bears, and I think one of the main reasons for that was simply because they weren't moving the ball. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure once we actually get some sustained drives, and uh, then you'll start to see more of that play action, but when you're going three and out as many times as the Packers did, you're not in a groove, and... I don't want to say play action doesn't make sense, but I think as the offense gets better, you're definitely going to see it a lot more because LaFleur used play action, I think I heard the stat, 30% of the time when he was offense coordinator with the Titans, and you would never have guessed that watching against the Bears. Um, So I'd expect that to improve. And then there's been a lot of talk 
Also, um, Ben Fennell does some awesome game film digests, and he had a great piece about how Rodgers was against the Blitz. Um, basically, it capped how he was holding on to the ball longer. Um, he could have, you know, we talked about in the offseason, he could have thrown the easy completions, not necessarily check downs, but hit your first target. He looked right at some guys and didn't throw them against the Blitz because you used to never blitz Aaron Rodgers, and now it seems like you kind of can because he's just going to hold on to the ball and try and look for the big play. Um, so I don't know. Can you elaborate any more on any of those at all and what your thoughts are? <laughs> well, I know um, I know kind of what play you're talking about and the highlighting Ben Fennell did, but I know um, I believe it was Tom Silverstein and Leroy Butler um, went through that same play and looked at it more from Rogers' perspective and what he saw rather than seeing an open guy in the flat or right in front of kind of at that check down level. Um, and that there would have been, or there was an opening occurring um, at that point, And that's what he was looking at. But with the pressure, yes, he should get the check down there, but there, there is some evidence there that he was looking at a receiver. He just didn't quite have the time to get it to him. Um, and I know that's part of his job that he needs to, to decipher that and be able to realize that and then get the check down. But if there's someone open down the field and that's what his first read is, that's what he saw, that's what he should be going to. And the fact that it was a quarter second, half second too slow to develop, that's not really his fault. And if he just didn't get to his second read because his first receiver hasn't made his break yet, what is he supposed to do? Um, so there is some truth to the Ben Fennel stuff, but I do think there's more than just kind of what he laid out, um, as there always is. And I think, you know, Rogers is a very smart quarterback, but he's learning a new system. So we have to give him time. We all knew, we all expected this offense to not be a hundred percent till, you know, week four, five, six. So we need to give Aaron Rodgers time and this offense as a whole time to kind of mesh and figure it out. And I do believe they will. Um, Your point about the play action. I somewhat agree with you. I still think they could have done more. Um, You were right. They, he did do 30% with the Titans last year. He called about 16% of his plays as play action against the bears, which that's a pretty big drop-off, and even with the run game not working, you have to do a little bit more than that. That's like the bottom of the league percentage-wise. So that's something we got to see more of because Aaron Rodgers is very effective in play action, and just in general, it's a very effective form of play. So that's something I do want to see up upwards of 30%. Did you have anything else from the Bears game? that you noticed or no? Uh, no, not really. Not in particular. Yeah, I I really do not have that much other than what we talked about on the Reaction Podcast and um, what we kind of talked about to start this one. I didn't really have all that much in terms of things I thought we missed that we didn't really talk about. Um, but 
it will be interesting to see what happens with the play action and Rodgers trying to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Um, so let's move ahead to the Vikings game and kind of preview and look at what exactly you are looking for specifically, Tyler, going into this game that's going to allow the Packers to start the year 2-0. and um, I think the biggest thing I'm looking for is I want to know if the Vikings defense is legit or not. I mean, they won pretty handily against the Falcons, and they forced a lot of turnovers. They had two interceptions, a fumble recovery, and on the special teams, they had a blocked punt. I know it's technically not defense, but still um, forcing lots of turnovers, and that resulted in their offense getting great field position throughout most of the game. I mean, Kirk Cousins only attempted 10 freaking passes, so <laughs> that tells you something. Um, but they had some guys contributing um, who I hadn't really necessarily heard a lot about, you know, other than like your Anthony Bars and Xavier Rhodes. Um, their strong safety, Anthony Harris, um, really had the two interceptions and the fumble recovery and eight tackles. Um, this is his first time ever starting a week one game, so last week. Um, but he did start the last eight or nine games of the Vikings last year, so he has experience starting. But, I mean, as an undrafted free agent, I mean, mo- many Viking fans didn't even want him starting. So he really kind of showed up for them. Daniel Hunter on the defensive end side for the Vikings had 10 pressures last week, um, which is a lot. So as a team, they ended up with four sacks and seven QB hits, and they were all in all, just a really aggressive defense. I mean, the Packers as a whole defense unit were obviously more aggressive, but that resulted in a little bit of slippage, we'll call it, from the Vikings defense. They had four offsides penalties. I mean, maybe that's just because they're hyped up because it's week one. Um, but either way, you have to think at least that will play into the Packers' hand um, because Aaron Rodgers can go to the hard count and hopefully get some free plays off of that. Um, but, you know, biggest thing, that's what I'm looking for in the Vikings. I want to know if their defense is legit or not because that changes a lot of things. Okay. So I'm going to go on the other side of the ball um, with the Vikings offense. And specifically Kirk Cousins. You mentioned he threw a whopping 10 passes in that week one win against the Falcons. And I wanted to look into the 2018 season and kind of see how the Vikings fared depending on on the amount of attempts Kirk Cousins ha- has had in a game. Um, and it kind of reminded me of the Bears, too. Like, as a Bears fan, you would want Mitch Trubisky to throw the ball less and give your running game more, get your defense uh, more time resting, keep the other offense off the field, you know, those types of things really is good for the Bears. And when he's throwing 40, 50 passes a game, that's not a good thing. And I kind of thought the same thing about Kirk Cousins. And maybe, the, and I thought that was maybe just a biased Packers fan thing. So I really looked into the numbers. Um, last year, Kirk Cousins averaged 37.875 attempts per game. So let's just say 38 attempts per game. He was throwing the ball 38 times. Um, During the season, he had a high of 55 attempts in one game. And a low end, he had 21 attempts. So the 10 is absolutely absurd that he only threw the ball 10 times in that week one matchup. Um, Again, going back to last year. So if we look at the Vikings record, when he threw the ball 
38 times or more, so that's his average or more than his average. The Vikings were 2-5-1. and one. When Kirk Cousins threw the ball less than 38 times, again, less than his average, the Vikings were 6-2. and two. So, really, the Packers, again, like Tremont Williams said, need to make him play quarterback. Make him do the thing that he's supposed to be able to do, um, and that's throw the football. And by those stats, he can't throw the football enough to allow your team to win a football game. Um, and that kind of plays in hand-to-hand with Dalvin Cook. So I feel like if the Packers can set the edge and have a decent to good run defense against the Vikings and force Kirk Cousins to throw the ball 38 plus times, they are going to be in very good hands um, because he has just proven that he can't do it. And that 2018 season, even with Adam Thielen, with Stephon Diggs, with all these playmakers, he can't do it. With Kyle Rudolph, he can't win a football game when he's throwing the ball a lot. He needs the run game to be working. He needs kind of the rest of the offense to be working good in order to win football games. And so if the Packers go out, Preston and Zadarius set the edges extremely well, funnel Delvin Cook to the inside where the rest of the team is, where Blake Martinez, where Kenny Clark, all those guys are, that's going to make it really tough on Cook first off. And then that's going to make it tough to continue to run the football if you're the Vikings which is an absolute win for the Packers if they can get Kirk Cousins to throw the ball more. That kind of sounds like a similar game plan from last week. (laughs) Um, Granted, you know, Kirk Cousins is a little bit better (laughs) than Mitchell Trubisky. But so they did run the ball a lot, 38 runs by the Vikings last week compared to the 10 passes, as you mentioned already. But Delvin Cook ran for 21 carries, 111 yards, and then rookie Alexander Matson had nine carries for 49 yards. I mean, Cook's been banged up the last couple of years. Seems like he can't stay healthy, but he's always had some pretty good potential. And then it seems like whoever the Vikings bring in when Cook's hurt always seems to do fairly decent. Um, but I don't know. The Packers' run defense was incredible in Game 1, and they're incredible most of last year. So I don't know how the Vikings it's going to take a lot of discipline let me say that by the Vikings to run the ball a lot especially that many times Um, I just don't see how it would be possible really Um, but I guess I guess we'll see what the Vikings have in store yeah um, I think that is really for me um, I mean I just spent a few minutes talking about it I really think that that's the biggest thing going into this game is if the Packers can stop the run and make Kirk Cousins throw the football. And I think if they do that, they're going to win this football game, no matter how the offense looks, because I think this defense can be very good. And if they stop the run, they are going to look phenomenal in back-to-back weeks because it's, it's not easy to, um, look that good but I really really do feel like um, this is a good defense and if they're able to shut down a more one dimensional one dimensional team and it it could look just as effective as it did against the Bears they could go and 
hold them to 7, to 13, or some points down there, and then the offense just has to somewhat figure it out. They don't have to be world beaters. Um, but I am super excited about this defense. And I know it was Mitchell Trubisky last week, but you have a slightly upgraded version of Mitchell Trubisky this week, so they got to do the same thing. Um, and the big key is to stopping Delvin Cook in this run game. Um, I mean, he averaged over five yards a carry in that game, 5.3 about in that game against the Falcons. And I know the Packers, I think, have a better defense than what the Falcons have and a more physical one at the very least. So that should be something that they're able to slow Delvin Cook down a little bit more than the Falcons did. But that's the one thing I'm looking for. Did you have anything else, Tyler? Yeah, how worried are you about the uh, Xavier Rhodes-Devante Adams matchup that's most likely going to happen? I mean, Adams was held to four catches last week for only 36 yards. Uh, last year against the Vikings, Devontae Adams, in that 29-29 to freaking tie, uh, had eight catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. And then later in the season... Um, he had five catches for 69 yards um, and still a touchdown. Um, I don't have the exact um, exact number of you know how well or how many plays Xavier Rhodes defended him, um, but he looked very impressive against Julio, and Devontae did not get off to a good start uh, last week. Um, so for me, I think that's a really key matchup too. Um, I The Packers are going to need to move the ball more, and... For me, I'm almost to the point where I'm thinking we have to get a 100-yard receiving game out of Devonta Adams if we want to win this game. So I am I am not very concerned about it. Um, I don't know. Devonta, those uh, stats you said don't look too impressive. Um, but I am almost positive those two touchdowns that he had in those two games were against Xavier Rhodes so if he's scoring touchdowns against Xavier Rhodes and I don't have all I don't have any confidence on their other corner Trey Waynes or anyone else they're going to throw out there so if Devante beats um, Xavier Rhodes even just a few times I think we'll be fine um I think they're going to have a hard time keeping up with MVS. I don't know if they're going to put Harrison Smith, just keep him deep all the time because he's a very good player. Um, we will see about that. But I just, I'm not too worried about it because I feel like Xavier Rhodes doesn't shut him down like a true shutdown corner normally would. Um, and I really don't see Devontae Adams being shut down by really anyone. Um, I look back at last year's stats. There was one time he was held under 50 yards, and that was against New England. Um, but, like, it's not like 64 and 69 yards is terrible. He had eight catches. He had two touchdowns in those two games. I'm not, entire, I'm not too worried about it at all. Um, I just think more than anything, I think it's going to be – getting the offense going more so than Devontae Adams can't beat Xavier Rhodes, if that makes sense. That does. But my other point was, 
you know, even though Devontae Adams scored touchdowns last year, we didn't win any of those games against the Vikings last year either. Um, oh, fuck off. We should have won week two. Oh, I agree. We should have. There was that bullshit Clay Matthews penalty, but um, that's history now. And the uh, fault, or the, excuse me, not the Falcons, the Vikings shut down Devontae Freeman and Ido Smith last week, too. Um, for the most part, they picked up some yards in garbage time, but it's going to be another hard week to get Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams going. So that's why I think Devontae Adams really needs out of all of the offensive players to get it going the most, obviously besides Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But if Aaron Rodgers gets it going, it doesn't matter. It can be Devante. It can be MVS, Jake Kumaro, Gmo, like, if Aaron Rodgers gets it going, good luck stopping them because it's it doesn't matter who's on the receiving end at that point. Um, but I, I just think it's going to take time. Um, yeah, what happens if they go out and shut us out running the football? Um, yeah, it makes it tougher, but what happens if the Packers go out and shut down Delvin Cook? That makes it extremely tough on the Vikings. I feel like it's going to be another kind of defensive-minded game because, one, the Packers' offense, I mean, they didn't show much of anything outside of one drive last week. So I don't think they're ready to play a full game. Um, So they're going to need their defense to step up if they're going to win this game. Um, And hopefully being in Lambeau, hopefully the fans get really loud and help out their team and their defense. But I guess we will see. Uh, do you have anything else about the Vikings game that you want to talk about? Otherwise, we can get to our score predictions because we forgot to do that last week. Huh, interesting. Well, maybe we shouldn't do it then because we won. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, that's Packers superstition for you. Um, The only other thing, and you might know a little bit more than I do, um, is talk about the Vikings' offensive line. They obviously drafted uh, Garrett Bradbury um, to play center for them, but... All in all, I don't think they're a very good pass-blocking offense. So for everything we just stated, um, that's why we need to shut down the run. Um, They obviously can run blocks. They've had good running backs there throughout the years. Um, But I don't know, how big of a storyline do you think the uh, Vikings offensive line is going to be in this game? Um, I think it could be big. Uh, You're right. They can run block. They cannot pass block. So that's something that the Packers are going to have to deal with. And really with that um, with that run blocking specifically, that's, the, that's where you kind of have to show out if you're the Packers. Um, Zadarius and Preston, like I said earlier, and maybe Rashawn Gary gets a few more snaps, snaps this week. They need to really set the edge and help the defense so Delvin Cook isn't getting out in space and we're shuttling him into guys like Blake Martinez, Kenny Clark, all those guys that are very, very good um, tacklers and run defenders. I think that's going to be very important. And I am looking back. It looks like Kirk Cousins was only sacked once, but then you remember he only threw the ball ten times, so... (laughs) I mean, that doesn't say a ton about their pass blocking, but I'm not at all impressed in their pass blocking, and I think it's going to be something that the 
Packers are going to be able to take advantage of so long as they actually make them pass and stop the run game. And that's kind of their strong suit on the offensive line, so that's something that they're really going to have to work at and hopefully disrupt early to cause the Vikings to kind of put in a panic and, okay, we have to throw the ball now because we can't move the ball on the ground. All right, Tyler, do you have a score prediction for this game? I do. I think uh, Packers win, or at Lambeau, obviously. So not going to give up this division game. And I think the score is going to be 20-13. to 13. So Packers score two touchdowns and two field goals. Vikings get one touchdown and then two field goals. So, yes, I know, the defense had to give up a touchdown at some point. <laughs> um, not quite sure, you know, when all these points will be scored. I'm thinking Packers maybe score 10 in the first half, 10 in the second half, pretty balanced. Um, and Vikings are scrambling at the end, uh, trying to get a touchdown to send the game into overtime. But overall, Packers will be a little bit better offensively and the defense will show that they're legit and they're here to stay all season. So that's my prediction. And mine is Packers 24 Vikings 17. Um, kind of all the same reasons. I just see a few more points here and there um, throughout this game, but kind of similar predictions on both of us. Close game. Um, we both predicted pretty close games and low scoring. Um, and that's not something, if we were predicting low scoring games in the past, I would have just been like, well, fuck, the Packers lose again. <laughs> um, all right, Tyler, do you have anything else? No, let's go beat these purple, ugly Vikings, I don't know what to call them. <laughs> they do the skull thing People that doesn't leaders. make any sense. They're one and zero. They think they're hot shit. Let's uh, sock it to them. <laughs> I one hundred percent agree with that statement, and I don't agree with Tyler often. <laughs> um, but make sure you guys are um, liking us on Twitter, on Facebook at Trilogy underscore pod on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out The Fresh Take at The Fresh Take on Twitter. Um, TheFreshTake.net is the website for them. Um, I will be putting out some game recaps on there for you guys to read. Um, I wasn't able to do it this past weekend for the Bears, uh, but I do intend on doing that for the rest of the season. And so you guys have to keep an eye out for that. And as always, we'll be back following this game, hopefully with a 2-0 record on the books. And we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.